I'm a zombie! I've been bitten! You're listening to the Survival Podcast for zombie nerds everywhere. Zombies Ate My Podcast. Hello and welcome to Zombies Ate My Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me, as always, the busy zombie lord, Lou Page. How's it going, Lou? Uh, lots of zombies. Yes. Lots of zombies. This is a zombie podcast. I mean, it's kind of a prerequisite, is it not? Yeah, but we watched something with lots of zombies in it. That's true. And it was low budget. It, it was... <laughs> It was It wasn't bad. It was, You know what? It was low budget. We're going to talk about just... You know, we'll get out of the way. We're going to talk about The Dead later on. And I know, super generic title, hard to find on IMDb, um, but we did watch it. It's on Amazon Prime. At least that's where I watched it. Uh, yep. And um, yeah, low budget. And I think they use that low budget to great effect. Um, they don't waste it on a soundtrack, which is great. Uh, very, very uh, um, sparse use of music to, to great effect, I thought. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll talk about that in just a little bit we've got some uh you know some other stuff to talk about um but let's kick it off the whole reason we're going to talk about the dead is because of extra life um it's a charity we're running we do it every year our campaign usually runs from you know uh september to december uh we are accepting donations at bit.ly slash extra life ryan if you donate 15 bucks you can suggest a zombie film for us to watch like lonely bob did that's why we're watching the dead and uh, you can stack that as well so if you want us to watch multiple movies you can go uh, stack those donations on top of each other. And if you go over 50 bucks, we'll throw in an audio commentary of one of your picks. So um, you can either include those in the donation comment, or you can follow up via Discord or email. And uh, all those links and details will be at the end of the show, as well as on our website. So definitely check that out. Now, Lou, a tradition we started this year is that the Busy Zombie Lord will give us some suggestions for people to donate. So, uh... Go ahead, suggest away. So, uh, one movie I want to suggest, mostly because I just want to make Ryan watch it, of course, is John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness. Uh, you know, a movie with uh, Alice Cooper as a zombie lord, fo- getting hordes of uh, homeless people turned into zombies, and then they attack a church because there's liquid Satan in the basement. I mean, this movie is is trippy and weird and. I mean, it almost borderline isn't a zombie movie, but I mean, what else are you going to call possessed people that attack a church? They're kind of zombies. Yeah, that sounds... Hey, you know what? If we end up watching Night of the Comet, then I think that one counts. So yeah, we're probably well, fine. This is, I mean, it's got Donald Pleasance and uh, the guy from uh, 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 the other John Carpenter movie, the Kung Fu movie, uh, Big Trouble in Little China, and... Uh, a couple of other like people who you recognize but won't know what they're from and it's one of john carpenter's like lowest budget movies and i think it's one of the ones that made the littlest amount of money like it was not a hit in any way shape or form it's really weird really trippy and i i dig it i'd love to make ryan watch it well there you go if you'd like to make ryan watch it as well go to bit.ly slash extra life ryan every dollar that you donate goes to children's miracle network hospitals 
Uh, I'm specifically playing for sick kids out of Toronto. So again, um, every dollar you donate goes to uh, this children's hospital and it helps uh, kids in need who need uh, specific medical coverage during, uh, you know, this pandemic we're all in and uh, they're, they're always looking for extra help. So if you want to help out and have us watch some, um, sounds like a delightful zombie movie, uh, certainly go donate because, um, and we'll keep, and we'll accept donations all the way to the end of the year. And we're going to, as we're doing this week, we're going to start watching those movies and I'm not going to delay further. We've got a, we've got another update though, in our back for blood check-in. There are those among us that are not cowed by the terrors of this new world. Ones that are immune to skirt and are ready to raise arms and take back what is ours. Spare us the poetry, fuck nuts. How do we kill it? Spare us the poetry. Lou, we played a little bit of Back for Blood together, finally, after yes, almost a month of the game being out. Um, we finally got some time to play co-op and, uh, we tested out the, uh, cross play features where I was on my Xbox series X playing on game pass and you were on steam playing on PC and it worked flawlessly. We even used the in-game voice and I think that worked really well. It worked really well. Uh, I usually, when I play with my friends, we use steam chat, uh, and the only difference I would say between in-game chat and Steam chat is every time we would have a load screen, it would cut you or I out, and it, the call it was like it would drop the call, and then once the game loaded the next level, it would like break us back in. And when I played with Steam chat, that didn't happen. Yeah, actually, I did notice that, and that was the only problem I had with the with with in-game chat. Yeah, I think there were some specific moments and another moment where it was hard to tell when we finished our session. So, you know, when you finish playing video games with your friends and you're like, we're done in the game, but we'll still chat. We'll say goodnight. And uh, I left the party not thinking and I cut Lou off and I'm like, I felt really bad. Like I just hung up on. Oh, him. don't. Oh, don't. 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 <laughs> I, I'm like, I was like half asleep and ready to go to bed. And then all of a sudden I was like, okay, we're going to, I thought we were going to go back to the main menu, uh, like the, the, the little uh, camp where you can like make plans and go walk around, test weapons. And all of a sudden it goes, Brian has left your party. You're like, oh, all right, cool. (laughs) And so I just sent Brian a message. Yeah, I'm done. Have a good night. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but we had a good time and, um, I love the way, so this is a very co-op focused game, but it doesn't punish you for jumping around in your sort of campaign placement. So I love that um, you have progression through the campaign and they're, they're measured in sort of, there's four acts and then there are like segments, sections to each act. And and it varies based on, on the, uh, the act. I think act one has like maybe 10 segments like kind of split in four it's kind of weird the way they chunk it out right yeah yeah so and and, and we got to we got to act two didn't we we did we got into act two or or got damn near close um but i really love that with that checkpointing system like i can have that run saved so the the run lou and i did and stopped playing it shows as this is your run you did with busy zombie lord um, continue this one either with Lou. Do you want to? Con- you can copy it out and continue it with randos, and it really does save the character you're in, the guns you had. Because like that was one thing I was playing with was like 
I want to try this new character. So I try to jump in with that character to, um, to an existing run, thinking I can just continue from where I left off. But it literally picks up from where you left off with your character, your guns, your attachments, everything. Yeah. Um, but again, if you want to experiment with other characters, it does not punish you for going in and saying, like, I want to start with this character, but I want to play starting from the start from where I left off, like in the story from when Lou and I were playing. So you can create a new run with that new character at that spot. And it's just so flexible. And I love it. The other thing I dig was you picked uh, when we started playing, you decided to pick up at the uh, the pool hall level. Where you have oh to, the bar yeah yeah the bar you you have to keep the jukebox running so that the people can escape in the bus and I love that level mm-hmm. uh, I, it has flaws there's some things in it I don't like but uh, for overall as far as of the stages I've played it's one of my favorites and uh, you picked that stage and I've played that stage and you've played that stage but we've never played that stage together so when you pick that stage it let us pick all the cards up into that point. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it didn't make us start at zero and struggle. It went, oh, yeah, that's like stage six. So you would have six cards. So go ahead, pick six cards. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. It's not penalizing us for jumping ahead. Yeah, they did a really good job with that balancing and not punishing you for for not having like your nightly game sessions with your friends. Like it really does give you that freedom of playing with whoever you want even playing by yourself i don't recommend you play solo i don't think they have fixed that yet no yeah and the bots are terrible like even when you and i were playing together there was a there was like so the card system sometimes allows you to uh, implement uh, challenges and one of the challenges was um the previous map we had just collected supplies so the challenge for the next map was like hey carry the supplies from one end to the other and they spawn two, uh, two of the collectibles or two of the uh, supplies. And I'm thinking to myself, like, well, just have the bots carry it, and then, <laughs> and then we'll just we'll uh, we'll um, we'll nope. guide them. We've got to carry the supplies and lead the bots around. Oh my god, it was brutal. The bots in this game, you should not rely on them. I was talking about this on the Gamers Inn. The bots are essentially mobile turrets. That's it. Yep. They do not do anything else. Um, and 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 they're not even like like it's one of the things I always my recommendation whenever I played Left for Dead was always that you wanted one bot and the reason you wanted a bot was he may not be the greatest but they have like sniper accuracy with whatever weapon they have and sometimes you won't even see the zombie you'll just hear him and the AI of the bot will be like oh no bam it's dead and you'll be like oh that like it, you, you if you make sure they have the right weapon. And, you know, whatever. They could make or break a game. In this game, they're there just to draw fire away from you at this point. Yeah. Um, I I literally watched a horde run at us. And the zombie, I mean, the bot, uh, the AI did not shoot until I started shooting. And I was like, and I was busy doing something. And I'm like, why is it not shooting the zombie? Why? Why? The zombie's coming in our direction. And I'm busy, like, fixing something. Why is it not responding with shots? And so I had to stop what I was doing and shoot at the zombie. And as soon as I started shooting, he did. And I was like, what the? Like, it's, I don't know how they, like, I, it's the, my biggest gripe with this game. Yeah, it, it, the bots are weird. And I think that um, they will, 
I, I don't know. They haven't basically, they basically haven't said if the bots will be addressed. I don't know if they've come out and said it. They I'm not... have said, they have said that they're working on updating the AI. Okay. That's really good. I'm glad they've acknowledged it. Well, I mean, well, they acknowledged it in the night we played. They said they had just released the patch with the AI update. <laughs> we didn't have it yet. Hopefully. No, we had it. Okay. Well, and then they announced like two days later, yeah, it, it's not perfect. We're still working on it, but we, we're releasing it out in increments. Yeah. Oh, and that's fine. I completely understand this is a game that you should play with your friends. And I would say like, if you have, if you can do at least two players, great. You'll have a fine time. You'll have a lot of fun. If you can do three, that's probably like a good sweet spot. And if you have four, that's even better. Like this game is designed for co-op and I know that, um, you want to be able to play it whenever you can and it supports that and it's still fun, but it's more fun with your friends. And I think that's where game pass comes in where it's an easy buy. But the other thing that I think it impressed me more now, having played it with you because mm-hmm. you were playing it on your Xbox, right? Yeah. And so you were playing it on your Xbox. I was playing it on my PC and it was flawless. Like yeah. there was at no point, uh, I know you complained about playing with a controller and you don't like using a sniper rifle if you're playing with a controller. And then I informed you that I only play with a controller and I like carrying a sniper rifle. <laughs> I, so, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I, I don't like scopes with controllers. I find it, it doesn't, uh, I'm not very good at it, but like, I think that, um, the game works really well with a controller. The aim assist is, in the beta, the aim assist was like really strong and and was like kind of bugging me. But I think in the full release here, the aim assist is like appropriate console levels of aim assist. And I know yes, like a lot of people in the beta, I definitely would agree. There was a point where I was pretty sure I clearly missed with my sniper rifle with what I was shooting, and it literally like took out like three zombies. And I was like, wow, this aim assist is 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 like almost too good, but I'll take it. And then when I played it now with a sniper rifle, it's back towards more uh, a more normal style. And I'm like, all right, I'll take it too. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, this is probably a good time to, um, to move in. We have a news story here related to Back for Blood. They've basically revealed their content roadmap, um, which includes the story expansions and offline solo play. And I think this story here and this roadmap really explains why this segment will probably continue uh, for a little bit longer, if not into next year, because they've got a they're they're kind of treating this as a game that's going to evolve, um, and I mean I think that really does you know harken back to the days of Left 4 Dead, which you know once it released, it was really just the beginning, and they would like slowly update it. I'm not going to sit here and say like all of this is free. Really, there's just the the November and December stuff that's planned as being free. I'm sure there'll be more free stuff in 2022, but they really are only, you know, looking at the paid stuff um, coming down the road. Or no, I guess there is, there is, now that I look at this, there are free updates here in 2022 that they've, they've detailed, but, um, but like, I'll just go through it here. So quality of life improvements and bug fixes in November. So this month, that's to be expected. Uh, December, new supply lines, ridden practice area. Solo offline mode with campaign progression, which was one of the issues a lot of people had at the beginning. Uh, So they're looking to address that. 
because I guess when you played solo offline, it wasn't giving you the progression points, the supply points. So uh, that's a big uh, boost. Uh, new card type, all new cards. These, this is all free. And the reason I skipped this one because I wanted to talk a little bit about it was a holiday seasonal event. So they're going to be doing seasonal events, which I love. I cannot wait to play a holiday seasonal event in this game. You know, it's, it's going to be that's going to be neat. It's going to be fun. Um, the other thing, too, is they also announced um, I don't see it in this news headline. Um, they announced. Um, uh, oh, crap. There was another announcement this week. I can't remember what it was. Oh, I might have missed. It. I need to follow oh, them on Twitter. Uh, I know what it was. Uh, hmm. they've had, they've gotten uh, the feedback that the AI director is too brutal, even on the easier <laughs> difficulties. That people are not playing on the hardcore modes because the game is just too damn hard, and um, especially with the bad AI. And so they've agreed that they're going to actually tweak some of the difficulty. And rookie and normal are going to be a little bit more manageable in the next in the uh, upcoming weeks. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah, there's definitely this story is about a week, two weeks old. We're we're I think we're behind by a week, but uh, um, that's really good. I'm sure there'll be like that kind of falls in line with quality of life stuff. Uh, heading into 2022, they've also said there'll be a new difficulty level. So if you want it to be harder, uh, that's an option. New player cards, new corruption cards, melee updates, um, quality of life improvements as well. Uh, but looking at the paid side of things, they do have an annual pass. This was announced uh, before launch. It is included with the Deluxe Edition and the Ultimate Edition, which I believe you bought the Deluxe Edition, right, Lou? Yes, I did. Yeah. So that is going to come with uh, three story expansions. The first one titled Tunnels of Terror. Uh, all the expansions are scheduled for 2022, but, you know, stuff happens. Some of that could slip into to 2023. But uh, the annual pass will also include all new cleaners, ridden, uh, activity types, weapons, cards, and exclusive skins. So that's interesting that they've put cards in there with the annual pass because I, I thought they said they weren't going to be selling cards. But I guess the cards are all like, I don't know. It, it, it's going to be you don't have access to a style of gameplay based on cards. Um, oh. I don't think it's, I don't, they're not going to be making you buy packs. It's just, you can get cards, but you might get cards for specific. I think that cards will, might be tied specifically to the new content. So you think it'll be, cause again, there's, there's stuff here like weapons, like to me, like hiding, putting a weapon behind an annual pass might be considered to be a little, not pay to win, but pay to play. Um, but if you're telling me it's like a new weapon type, like for example, there's like a flamethrower cleaner you know like maybe yeah yeah i could see that being better not great but still not as bad as like if you get the annual pass you'll get the best assault rifle it's like that's i hope i know i hope that's not what they're gonna do that would be pretty it's bad not what they're gonna do okay that's good well um everyone i'm pretty excited and honestly like this annual pass is pretty solid this could be probably one of the first instances where I buy an annual pass and have the base game through game pass and then likely have to buy the base game when it leaves game pass. Cause it won't be there forever. But um, yeah, I'm interested. I really like the game. I, w I want to play more of it. I haven't finished it yet, but that, uh, that bar level was kind of like one of those moments where I thought, Oh man, that was a lot of fun, a really good set piece. And the music was really good. And then when we played it, 
they actually swap in other licensed music. Like they keep changing it. So it goes back to that replayability. Yeah, because you had told me what you had heard playing when you played it the first time. And I had had, I think, that track the second time I played it. Mm -hmm. Because I've played that stage like three or four times now. It's honestly my favorite stage. I, I, I know there are issues with the way it throws zombies at you, but like I still like that defend the point set piece. And there's a few of them. And um, yeah, like I think my biggest, my biggest gripe with the game comes down to the AI. And there are these specific moments where you have a very clear, you know, um, thing you need to do. And it's not even like part, it's not, it's, it's part of the mission setup, which is like to barricade the windows and very clearly your AI are not barricading the windows. And that to me removes me from the immersion of the experience when I have, if if you had an actual player controlled by a human being doing what the AI did, you'd be kicking them off the team. So like, that's my thing is that at the very least, the AI should be boarding up the windows. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm asking for too much, Lou. You're asking the AI to do some thinking when all they want to do is shoot some zombies. That's true. Well, um, I know what Lou's itching at. He's itching to get some more news in here. has completely devastated over 150 of the world's major regions and then is spreading rapidly. Let's kick things off with what might not be zombie related, but again, going back to Night of the Comet, since that has come up a couple times, I think we can talk about this. Ubisoft is going to be releasing uh, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Extraction in January. Um, I think what started like from a teaser perspective seemed very zombie esque, but I think it's gone more to like monsters slash infection more. Like, what would you say, Lou? Um, yeah, I have a funny feeling this is not going to be what it's portraying itself to be. Yeah. Yeah. And that's fine. And that's fine. Um, you know, I think this is going to be more like rainbow six shoots aliens. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so basically what, what they've announced with this with this news is it's going to be coming out January 20th. Uh, I think they dropped the price to be about 40 bucks, So it's like not a full price game. Uh, and as well, when you buy the game, you so Extraction will also support cross progression and cross save across all platforms. Um, they also report that two buddy pass tokens will come with each copy of Extraction. So... These tokens allow you to invite two friends to play uh, with you for 14 days for free. So that's that's an interesting concept. Like, it doesn't give you a free copy of the game to give your friends, but at least it gives them the opportunity to try the game for 14 days. I think that's pretty, pretty well, novel. I, I think it's something they're going to have to do because I think this game is going to be a hard sell. Yeah, yeah. I, and I don't, yeah. And by that, I don't mean that it's going to be bad, but I don't think that people are playing rainbow six for the ability to shoot aliens i think that they're playing rainbow six because they want to play rainbow what rainbow six has always been i don't know how I, I i like this is a neat idea but i just i don't know how well it's gonna work or how well it's gonna sell yeah well we'll see i don't think it's something that's on either of our radars but uh if nope. it comes out we'll we'll talk about it we likely won't play it but we'll talk about it but um 
Something we are looking forward to that we will likely watch and talk about on this show is the fact that uh, Disney Plus had their Disney Plus Day, and they announced, probably to no surprise to Lou, that they are making a Marvel Zombies series, uh, animated series, that will be handled by the What If director. And uh, no date, but um, it is coming to Disney Plus uh, at some point in the future, and it is going to be a... Not necessarily a continuation of what was in the What If series, but more a look at that that specific universe and telling stories within it. Uh, it it's I don't think I don't think this is gonna. I think this is a really neat idea. Um, I don't think that this is gonna wow anybody. I think we're just in for more of what we kind of got in uh, that What If episode, and I'm okay with that. That was probably one of my favorite episodes of the What If series. Everything else was kind of oh okay uh, okay. Mm-hmm. I see where you're going with this. Like, I didn't hate any of it. I didn't love any of it either. It, there was nothing in it that made me go, the The thing I liked the most was this. And then when they announced this, I went, oh, cool. I don't know if I'm going to go back to what if now. <laughs> yeah. It was, um, it was, it was interesting to watch. Uh, it was very focused on, you know, this is for huge Marvel fans. Like it was one of those shows that, um, I'll watch all the Marvel stuff with Ashley, uh, my wife, but she didn't really have an interest in, in the animated, uh, what if series. Like it's just, it was too, it was too hyper-focused on appealing to the hardcore Marvel fans that kind of like, cause she's, she, she loves the movies. She loves the TV shows. She loves the story that's being told in the moment. But, um, I think the, the animated show just, it's just so out there and, and, uh, and, and wild. And I, I enjoyed it for what it was, but like you said, Lou, I'm also not sitting there like, ooh, I can't wait for that next what if. Like, I'm totally fine to wait for both the Marvel Zombies series and the what if season two. Like, they can take their time with it. Um, I agree with you. I think Marvel Zombies was the best episode of what if. And, but I also feel like I'm also a little worried that like they kind of, they kind of dealt with all the major players in the what if episode. From what I had, the questions that they've been asked, uh, uh, from what I've heard, is that this is not going to be the what if universe. It's going to be a what if style universe. So it's going to uh. be, uh, it, the, some of these same characters are going to appear again, and it's going to be kind of like a different zombie story. And I'm like, that's fine. I have a feeling it's going to be much more like the comic, whereas the what if series was not like the it, it had some of the comic ideas but not all of them well uh let's look at our final news story which is uh actually a uh, train to busan english language remake has been reportedly titled last train to new york um so i mean in that case it looks like it's going to be set in new jersey um and it's going to be a train to new york i i honestly, the only thing i know about uh you know, public transit <laughs> in that area is from How I Met Your Mother and uh, every other sitcom that's that's set in New York. And I know, like, that's the big the big joke, taking the train. Um, actually, I don't know much, as I probably already illustrated at the top of this segment. But um, it, I think it being set in New York, and there was a bit of this conversation in Discord. If you're looking at an American Americanized version of Train to Busan, like, where do you set it? And I think, like, from a population density type thing, I don't know why you would 
why why would you take the last train to New York? You'd think New York would be like a zombie fest, right? Well, I don't think it's I I I think uh we don't know enough about Korean culture to know where Busan is, but I believe Busan is the one of the larger cities in the the area where that train is coming from. Like that Busan would be its last stop. Hmm. And I believe that that is a a a a a major city or port. Whereas in this, I think it's going to be people are already on a train going to work, and they're probably going to borrow the same idea. Because why would the guy get on a train with his kid to pass his kid off to his ex wife if it's not a a a short trip? So I think we're going to be getting somebody getting on a train from New Jersey to New York, and it's only going to be, um, you know, like an hour or two ride, which is going to be about what the rain, the 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 what the the movie's going to run runtime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that uh, I'm I'm excited about a. I think Train to Busan is really really good, and it stands alone as like. Um, a really great zombie film and I really liked it. I don't think we needed an English language remake, but I'm nope. I'm always happy to see what other creators um Yeah, I, the, the, do. my biggest fear with this is the same fear I have with all English remakes is that they're going to basically make the Korean movie scene for scene but change the actors and change uh, change the location. Uh, I want to see a different ending mm-hmm. or I want to see a different, I want to see somebody else survive at the end. I want to see something different. Don't show me the same movie. Well, I think what really works about the train to Busan concept is that you can take the concept and basically make that the part of the remake. That's the part you remake. You remake the concept of a train going from point A to point B. It's the last train going out to get to a specific area and it's just about the scenarios that get set up along the way. It, the concept you borrow from the original is that it's a train going from point A to point B, and it's a zombie apocalypse, and have fun. Like, you don't need to remake it scene for scene. You can just use the basis, the base concept, and that's the stuff, that's the thing you bring over. It's still technically a remake, but it employs its own sort of, like, scenarios. And see, that's what characters. I would that's what I would love to see, but that's not often what Hollywood does. So my yeah. fingers are crossed. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Uh it's been in development since 2016, and I think this is the biggest development we've had in a long time. So it's good to know that uh they're still working away at it. Uh but let's move into our big topic of the week. You must rest. Maybe I should drive. No, no, I'm all right. (sighs) Okay. Lou, we're talking about the dead. 
and uh, <laughs> I'm not making fun of the movie. This was what I thought was like one of the funnier moments. And then when I went back to listen to the clip, I literally finished the movie 10 minutes before we started chatting before recording. And uh, this is the only clip I had written down in my notes. So when I went back to get it, I was like, oh, this will be fun. And I was like, oh, it's actually um, not that funny. But I don't know. I, <laughs> I think it like after I watched the movie, I kind of looked back to see what like some of the other, you know, what people were saying when it came out. And um, a lot of people were saying like it is this road trip. Uh, and what I really liked about the movie, so essentially, like, it's an American mercenary, the sole survivor of a plane crash. There's, like, a zombie bite on the plane crash, and of course it crashes. Uh, he has to run the gauntlet across Africa, battling with the living dead. And this is the uh, this is the, the description I got off IMDb. And um, what I really liked about the film is it is our main character, uh, Brian Murphy, Um you learn that at the very end when you learn that probably at the beginning, but it was really nailed home at the end as he's like, this is Brian Murphy. I'm looking for somebody. This is Brian Murphy. Yeah. And, um, and Daniel, uh, and they are basically going on this, uh, this, this tour, this drive, um, of survival. Like they're just trying to survive and, and they, they, um, they care about each other, but like, they're not, they're not buddy copping it. They're not like no, uh, no. It, it, I, I mean, I, I think it's such a unique idea of what they do here, and I think it's the thing I like. Is he's you find out, but you don't really find out why he's on the plane or that crashes no. or what they're fleeing from or what's going on until like twenty or thirty minutes into the movie when he meets Daniel and he tells Daniel what happened, and even then. It's like him and Daniel have been together and they've been riding in the car for like 20 minutes and it's like dead silence. And you're like, and he's like, yeah, so I was on a plane and you're like, it's like this, the way they do it. It's, 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 I think it's very close to the realism of what would be going on. I don't think this by me, by any means, this is like an Oscar winning zombie movie or anything like that. Uh, I think it, it, I think it's very low budget. Uh, I think it, I, I, it definitely feels like, a director that's trying to sell himself on bigger projects here, see what I can do here, see what I can do. Um, and uh, if you look at the director's history, it definitely looks like this leads to more things, which leads to more things to leads to more things, which looks like he's, he, he even did something during the pandemic and it's a, like a haunted phone movie and Tony <laughs> Todd's in it. And I was like, man, how'd you get Tony Todd? Oh wait, he's been locked in his house like everybody else. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, but again, uh, like what I liked about this movie was you're right. It's like a road trip movie, but his character is on a train, on a plane. It goes down. He's the only survivor. He keeps trying to save people along the way. It's one of the things I like about it. At no point does he ever like leave somebody to die. No. Um, at, at every point, he seems to try and save somebody, or at least do his damnedest to save somebody until he realizes like the situation's hopeless. It's like, yep, yeah, nope, can't save him. And and uh, it, it, he's not a dislikable character. It, he's he's a very relatable character. Um, and you also get told right off the bat he's in army fatigues and he's a soldier, but he's not a soldier. Like he's not trained to kill. No. He's a mechanic. Yeah. An engineer. And, yeah. He's an engineer. And you're like, oh, okay. So he can shoot a gun and he can kill stuff, but he's not he's not 
a SEAL team guy taking out zombies left and right. Yeah. Yeah, I I think his character, it was interesting that they went with the engineer. He's still in the army. He's still trained to shoot and, and, and whatnot. But it was the engineer sort of role. And I really appreciated um, the fact that they they focused in on like an engineer as opposed to just another Marine or whatever. Um, yeah. we've, we have a lot of those zombie movies. We have a lot of those action movies. And it's nice to see them focus on a different type of, of army um, character. And I think that it works really well. It works in his favor. There are a lot of interesting conversations that I thought um, worked out. And it's uh, one specifically is the car breaks down. Um, the conversation they had, like the acting wasn't that great, mainly from our main character. Like there's not a lot of talking in the film and the actor who plays the main character is not great. Like, uh, everything he does on camera is fine, but sometimes when he's acting, it kind of feels like he's acting past the person he's working with as opposed to, you know, acting, you know, uh, one-on-one, uh, which is tough when you have a lot of the movie is just him, riffing off um daniel uh and i think there's a moment where there the, the conversation the acting is not great but there's a conversation where it felt like a kind of a a dead decision moment where they're like they have so much water the car is broken down and it's that classic we've run into coolant let's use our water to to fill the car up and because he's an engineer like you kind of trust him and that he knows what he's doing and you're kind of thinking like he's saying we need to use our water and the, and Daniel's saying, well, there's no watering hole for, we can't walk to the next watering hole. So if we use our water here and the car doesn't start, we're screwed. We won't make it on foot. And, you know, um, Ryan's like, no, 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 we're going to, this is going to work. We just need to use all our water. They put all the water in the car. And you kind of think like, oh, this is that moment where it's like create uh, conflict because he made a mistake. No. Car works. They no, move on to the no, next area. The, the 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 other the other moment that really that they you find out that Daniel is sort of like a military deserter. Hmm. He's with whatever local military it is, and he was supposed to be like guarding a station. And then when this outbreak happened, he realized like his kid was not safe, and his village wasn't safe, and so he deserted so he could go rescue his family. Is basically his story, hmm. and and. They come across a military installation or like a little like like checkpoint, mm-hmm. and there's a guy, and the guy stops him and is like they like kind of know each other or at least know they're in the same branch of the military or whatever. And Daniel says to him like, "Yeah, this guy's with me. Uh, we're looking for my kid. Uh, like things are crazy. You got any water? Any food you can spare?" And the guy doesn't, like, point a gun at him and, like, threaten him. The guy's like, yeah, I think I got some water. And, like, they just share. And I'm like, oh, man, how interesting is it that we're not getting the, like, Walking Dead, like, oh, no, you can't have my water. I'm going to kill you. Uh, And then they kill the guy and take the water. And I was like, it's so, it was so revealing to not have that moment. Uh, And same with, I mean, I don't love the ending of this movie, but finally, when he get uh, when uh, Murphy gets to where he wants to go or where he thinks is his his place, they show him a radio that's broken, and he fixes the radio. And then you find out that the whole world is in chaos, not just where they are. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, okay. And he finds out help isn't coming, and it's like, 
oh, well, crap. Like, he doesn't get mad. He doesn't get up. It's like, well, I guess I'm going to have to get myself out of this situation again. And I, I just felt like that's kind of what real life would happen. He's not going to get all mopey about it. He's like, well, um, maybe I can find a plane. Maybe I can do my own thing. Yeah. No, I, I actually really liked um, the ending. I think it fit with the rest of the film. Um, and also, I, I kind of disagree. I like, I love that he is the engineer. They, oh, our radio is broken. And it, and it, I thought like, oh, someone trashed it. It's like, no, it's him like taking it apart and putting it back together. And I thought that was really great. Him being the only person that could fix it because he's an engineer. And he comes in and he fixes this, this radio and he gets through to somebody. It's a bit like hand wavy that he clearly gets to a base, which I, they, they say the name of the base. I don't know if it's like a base. It felt like it was a base back home. So I don't know how that would work from a from a radio perspective. Like uh, if that if that was a ham radio, he could have probably gotten it to get that range. But it would have had to have it would have taken the conversation would have taken longer. Yeah, it was it was like kind of suspension of dis you know of disbelief whatever like you kind of have to hand wave it away. But he basically calls. My impression is that he he calls back to america he's talking to someone he knows which again is a bit far-fetched he's going to get the one guy that he knows at this base but again whatever i can forgive it and it essentially reveals that as you said the whole world's doomed he tells him that his family's dead because he's having flashbacks to you know or, or dream uh dreams about his his wife and daughter and I, I think like from the walking dead's perspective which is always like the big you know zombie yeah media movement thing in the room you kind of look at the walking dead and they're always like well i don't know if the whole world's doomed and and i love that this movie's basically like nah the whole world's you know messed up and and yes in the walking dead you could probably safely assume that the whole world is infected but the fact that they don't like even try to give you hints at it is a little frustrating and they they keep doing these spin-offs and they don't seem to be interested in setting them anywhere outside of the united states uh which is a frustration of mine but in this movie they give you the confirmation that the whole world's messed up and i i think his reaction is like kind of just as you said he's like well I'm stuck here and I have to maybe not figure out a way to survive, but like figure out a way to just like go out with, um, I don't know. He's just, he's so, he's kind of calm in the, in the moment and he just kind of hangs around. Like he looks upset that his wife and is, is, oh, of is, course is, are, are, are dead, but it's like, yep, I can cry now or I can cry later. And I think it's time for me to start Working on a new solution to this problem because I can't get out of I can't get out of here alive if if you know that and that and at that point you go well he's got to find a way home and it's like at that point you look at it and then he runs into Daniel's son which I knew was gonna happen as soon as Daniel died I was like yep he's gonna find Daniel's son at the end he's that's how this is gonna end and that's how it ended it's fine it's not it's not you know. It's it's tropey, but it it's it's handled in a in a, a a a interesting fashion. Yeah, and you go you go well. That's his new kid, and now they're on a journey together. Yeah, and and and, and I know for a fact. I'm pretty sure that that's not in in the sequel. The sequel is somebody else, uh, in a different adventure in a different part of the world, and that's fine too. Uh, 
But I, I, I kind of hope he makes a cameo in the next movie. Yeah, I guess it's set in India. Uh, the uh, the Walking Dead. It's the Dead Two India, and um, I did I did look into it enough to determine like yeah the the star of it is not this is not a direct sequel. Whether or not he makes a cameo or there's a reference, um, I, I would I would hope. But uh, yeah, like I when the movie started, I was like, oh gosh, is this gonna be another self serious zombie film? And it's very serious. They take themselves very seriously, but I think it they they'd go the whole they do they do the serious tone in a way that they don't cheese it up with the music the music is very i think there are maybe like four or five moments where there's a score and that score is very you know um you know uh, it's not it's not overused it's there to kind of like just just add the right amount to the movie and there's not a lot of dialogue when a character speaks it's it's for a reason uh you know they're it it just it works um and i think uh, i think we were talking pre-show i'm not gonna watch this thing again it's not gonna be on a list of movies that we watch again but i'm glad we watched it i'm glad we got a chance to talk about it because i think it is it is interesting and again like doing the show there's a lot of zombie movies that come across our our desk and it's like oh. uh, there's all and, and 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 for every good one i'd say we we get we we see a trailer or something for two really bad ones and i definitely think this was in the good pile like the, i like i enjoyed i enjoyed my time with it uh i think one of my favorite moments in the whole movie is he gets off this beach uh, after the plane crashes and he gets away from some zombies and he's looking for a way to get away and there's a truck and he starts fixing the truck and checking things and checking, putting gas in it and doing stuff. And then they slowly pan the camera around and they let you, the audience member, know it's missing a tire. <laughs> and you're like, and you're like, he's putting gas in this, but does it? He, he, there's no tire. This is a waste of time. So I was waiting for him to like have to run away from the car and it be like a waste of time. And it's like, no, he kills a couple zombies. He throws the tire on and throws a couple lug nuts on. And, uh, and then drives off on the tire. And I kept waiting once he got away from the zombies. I'm like, dude, you need to pull the car over and, like, fix the tires. Dude, you need to pull the car over and, like, fix the tires. Dude, you need to pull the car over and, like, fix the tires. And he never does. And then the tire the car gets stuck later. And I was like, yeah, because he didn't fix the tires. And then I think it's the same vehicle that splits an axle. And I'm like, yeah, you split the axle because you didn't fix the tires. Yeah. It's, uh... It's a movie I think that's like it's 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 a it's a movie of survival like he's he crash lands and he's basically trying to get to I think they have a conversation about there being like a as you said like a, a army it felt like a checkpoint not a checkpoint but well, it was like more of a first, base the, the first point is is when he fe- first finds Daniel he's just looking for a place where he can find a plane mm-hmm. and Daniel says to him well we have I have to stop at such and such a place and go place and it's an abandoned like like base they might have a plane there and when they get there he takes one look at the plane and he's like yeah there's a plane and it's gutted that's not going to work and they end up going on the road again and he and he looks at daniel daniel's like well i'm going to a military base maybe they got a plane there i don't know and like that's kind of the way the story goes is they're kind of stuck together because what else are they going to do you know mm-hmm. yeah i i think uh they do they do quite a bit with the setup 
and I mean, the effects are um, well done for the budget. I think at the beginning of the movie, where they kind of for- they they skip ahead to the ending, they're kind of showing the ending at the beginning of the film as he's working his way through the desert, um, which is in the final sort of act. And uh, first of all, really gross dry lips. They 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 go for it with that. It's, it's gross. Um, but also there's like a broken leg but, walking zombie and I'm like, oh God, why am I watching this at lunchtime? <laughs> Gross dry lips and like, you know, broken leg zombie guy walking and I'm just like, I had to look away. It was really also, nasty. Also, something I noticed, I could be wrong, but something I think I noticed is so they show you that zombie in the beginning. Yeah. And then there's a later scene where it's like earlier in the movie. And there's a zombie, and I'm pretty sure it's the same guy in different makeup in a different outfit chasing them. Sure. Yeah. And I was, I was like, I think that's the same guy from er- the, the earlier scene in the movie. I could be wrong because it's a distance shot, but the guy has the same skinny legs, and he's kind of got the same build, and I think that's the same face, but it's distance. I can't really tell. And then I was like, I was like yeah, this is a low-budget movie. They probably reused a bunch of the same extras. Yeah, just threw some different makeup on them. Yeah, no, I think that uh, they did a really good job with with the zombies, and it's more of the slow uh, lumbering zombies. And they again, like the characters recognize that pretty much right away. And there are moments in the film where they are like they're worried about being surrounded. There are a couple moments where they are surrounded, and they and they, you really see that panic. But like in moments where they know where the zombie is and they're trying to fix something they're not in a panic to rush through it. They're like, I know I have a good amount of time before this, this zombie sneaks up on me. But um, where you do see the zombies sort of sneak up on them is when they're, they both go to sleep. They set up camp. They use the old like metal can on a string technique and only one metal can. And uh, it doesn't work. It ends up resulting in Daniel dying and uh which is unfortunate because i really liked him i was kind of hoping he would make it through to the end uh but um it didn't take shifts when they were sleeping <laughs> you, you've got two people i i don't know i thought that was unfortunate yeah. yep and i mean and that's just kind of the, the way it ends you know for daniel and i and 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 he carries daniel out of the way tells daniel whatever and daniel goes yeah now you're gonna have to shoot me in the head and i was like yeah no that like that's a guy who knows what's going on he's he's not like begging for his life he's not trying it's like nope you're gonna have to kill me and i was like please don't have a line of dialogue where he says oh please go find and save my son and that never happens in the dialogue that they they never have that conversation and i was like wow this is kind of cool yeah there's no wasted words i think in this film when when characters are are having dialogue and i think that uh the uh, the other thing that didn't need to be in the movie but i thought was interesting is shortly after daniel dies he comes across this woman carrying a baby and the baby's upset and uh crying and uh i was like oh don't do don't don't kill her and and leave the baby for dead don't do it don't do it and he doesn't uh she tells him to shoot her and she pretty much forces him to kill her. And he carries the baby for what looks like miles and miles and miles till he finds a bunch of people in a bus and he like waves them down. And you don't hear the dialogue, but you can imagine what he said to them. I don't know what to do with this baby. And I've rescued this lady. So can you guys find the baby a good home? And that's kind of what happens. 
And I mean, I can't blame him for not wanting to carry the baby. I just kept thinking, I know what a baby's like. That kid's going to get hungry and then you're going to die from zombies. Yeah. But I thought that was like a really interesting way to handle it where he did. He, he, like he, he, he at least attempted to do the right thing. Yeah. Like I, I, I think that the film does a really good job with the story they're trying to tell. And like, yeah, are there moments that are cheesy? Sure. Are there moments that the effects don't look quite as good? The effects were like 50, 50. Mm-hmm. There were a couple of effects that I could tell were real physical effects, and those looked pretty good. And there was a couple where it was CG, and a couple of the CG ones looked good, and there was a couple that looked kind of bad. But yeah, like like it was nothing that like took me out of the out of the film. It was just like, oh yeah, uh, you had to be really paying close attention. Um, there's a point where he shoots a guy, and it's a zombie, and when he shoots him. It's clear that the effect on the face is digital, that that's why it, sh- it shows like a bullet wound, and it's clear that it's digital. But it, it's so quick that you have to focus on it to know that it's digital. Um, it's very much out of this, the vein of a, um, uh, 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 what's his name, that did Desperado and Spy Kids movie. Oh, Robert Rodriguez? It's very Robert Rodriguez, because he uses all digital effects for most of his gun stuff. Um, and, um, it was very in that vein, but the problem was, is they made a mistake of showing the zombie's body afterwards. And it's clearly just a guy laying on the floor with no bullet wound in his face anymore. And I was like, okay, all right. It's low budget. I can forgive it. Yeah. But I, but in, in, in my mind, I wouldn't have shown that zombie again after that point. No. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, like, there's some stuff that could be tightened up via editing, but, like, for the most part, I enjoyed it. Um, I didn't think I was going to, uh, just based on the beginning. And um, No, it's funny. Yeah. It's funny. I'm glad this got recommended to us to watch. This thing was on Netflix for years. Was it? And right. I kept coming across it, and every time I would come across it, it the, the title and the images that they would show me on Netflix were so generic. I was like, eh. I guess I'll wait till we decide to watch this for Zan. And that's kind of <laughs> what happened here. Yeah. And, uh, you know, th- these these films, so the dead films, so the dead too. Uh, so the dead is on Amazon Prime, which is like, I think, uh, a pretty solid uh, get. I think that's pretty easy to find and get a hold of. But the dead too is not, I don't know. I think it's streaming on Shutter in the States. I could be wrong. I looked it up before. No, um, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think that's where I'm going to have to go to watch it. Yeah. My only place that I'm going to be able to get it uh, from a streaming perspective, I can rent it for sure, but I can get it on Hoopla, which is a uh, local library access. And I checked it. So I'll be able to get it. I'll be able to uh, digitally check it out through my library. So uh, I'm going to try that. We'll see how that works when we talk about The Dead 2. Um, but we do have other plans. Of course, uh, we got to get back to The Walking Dead uh, with the conclusion to part one of season 11. We want to get that done because uh, part two is going to be starting in February. Uh, World uh, Beyond season wrap-up in mid-December. Uh, Fear the Walking Dead mid-season wrap-up in December as well. And um, a little game called Back for Blood. We'll still keep talking about it in our uh, Back for Blood check-in. And, of course, our Extra Life donation zombie movies. Like I said, we have The Dead 2 coming up, and uh, we'll still have to find a way to watch Go Home. I I keep looking into it, and really it looks like the only way we're going to be able to watch it is with uh, Lonely Bob 
via a cast because it's not it's not available in North America to stream or rent. <laughs> like you can't even rent it. If it was rentable, I would totally rent it, but it's uh you can't even rent it on YouTube. So there is that. But uh definitely stay tuned for some fun zombie content and as I said extra life go to bit.ly/extraliferyan donate 15 bucks and we'll watch a zombie movie of your choice and you can stack those donations to suggest even more films. Lou will continue to uh, mine the depths of zombie genre to suggest other great gems. Like I believe today's was, uh, what was it? Army Prince of, of Darkness. Prince of Darkness. Prince of Darkness. Yeah. So look forward to that. Um, you can chat in our Discord, Zamp Discord at bit.ly slash Zamp Discord. I also want to thank our patrons at patreon.com slash zombies ain't my podcast. Your support goes directly back to the show to allow us to rent such gems as prince of darkness was it <laughs> yes if it comes to that uh but you can go to our website zombies ate my podcast.com you can email us info at zombies ate my podcast.com follow us on twitter like us on facebook and while you're on twitter you can go to uh at r murphy you can follow me there you can go find lou at busy zombie lord and the show at zombies podcast and finally a quick shout out to joel duggan for the artwork you can find more of his stuff at joelduggan.com Lou, before we exit the show, I want to know, do you have any pearls of wisdom to pass along to the fine listeners? If you're playing Back for Blood, uh, don't bother with the revolver. Uh, so far, my favorite pistol is the Desert Eagle. Um, it, it, it doesn't have as much ammo, but man, does it stop zombies in their tracks. Howdy, ma'am, you can relax. The good guys are here. 